Hey, coaches, players, and parents, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to my show today, but I wanted to let you know about the video course I have available to purchase on CoachTube. This course titled Plan, Prepare, and Execute Your Skill Development Program is nine videos with nearly 60 minutes of content. It also includes a free copy of my book, The Skill Development Playbook, and a PDF version of my notes used to teach this course. You get all this content for $12.95. That's right, $12.95. Plus, as a bonus for purchasing this course and downloading my book, The Skill Development Playbook, you also get access to my free five-day course with over three hours of video content that complements my book. Go to CoachTube.com and type my name, TJ Jones, in the search box, and my course will come up. So you get my plan, prepare, and execute your skill development course, which includes my notes I use to teach the course, a free copy of my book, The Skill Development Playbook, and access to my free five-day course with over three hours of content that complements my book. So go to CoachTube today and get better. to the skill development playbook podcast i am your host coach tj season six episode nine i have a very special guest today jim huber is here uh coach did i pronounce your last name correctly that's all right man you know you you remind me of a telemarketing guy like you used to call it the house says mr mr huber home mr <laughs> huber home and i was like no they're not home no, it's Mr. Huber. It's Jim Huber. I'm just kidding. Hey, but as long as you don't call me late for dinner, we're good, TJ. Yeah. Right? We're all good. All right. Well, I apologize on that. You're uh, fine. Man, I know my wife, she is a stickler about people's uh, pronouncing her name correctly. And usually before I start a podcast, I usually ask them, hey, tell me how to pronounce your name correctly, because that always sticks in the back of my mind. Hey, I'm not going to hang up on you. It's okay. <laughs> we're going. We're flowing. Good. All right. So uh, before we get started, I want you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and uh, kind of tell them about your, your coaching journey. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it short on that part. But, uh, you know, I played in college and got out of college and had a desire to coach because my dad was a was a baseball coach in college and, and had coached different sports for me growing up. So I've seen the, you know, kind of the impact he's made on individuals lives and coaching and and of course, I, I love the game of basketball and wasn't really good enough to uh, play professional and the NBA, that type of stuff. And, you know, everybody has those desires. So I went into coaching and uh, was an assistant basketball coach at college and did that for a couple of years and then became the head, head basketball coach in the college. And and then after that, I became an assistant again. I went uh, kind of an NAI school to a division one school and was assistant for a few years and I was kind of frustrated, wanted to make more money, right? I was like, I'm gonna go make a million dollars, you know? So I got out and when I got out, I started doing kind of some real estate flipping houses, but one of the players that I coached at UMKC got out and he's like, hey, I, I wanna start a basketball program that trains and develops players to be able to go to college and be able to succeed and not transfer out. Cause the transfer rates at that time were high, but they of course increased. And uh, he's like, I, I want to do this, but I want your help. And I was like, okay, I'll help you a little bit on the side. So I did that. And we started this basketball organization called MoCam Basketball. And it developed into one of the, you know, kind of better kind of 
club organizations, Nike organizations in the United States. And so did that for probably, I think it's like almost nine to 10 years, built it out, systems, uh, programs, things we did. And then uh, I got a, um, a, a call from an individual that owns Breakthrough Basketball. And he was living in Kansas City. And I was running my own camps and clinics. And I was training, doing things with, you know, uh, besides MoCam Basketball as well. And then uh, he asked if he could coach some teams in the MoCan and kind of test some of the stuff they're doing with Breakthrough. So he was doing some of that. And then he's like, hey, you're doing these camps and clinics. How would you like to partner up and create some systems and do that and get it built out more in Kansas City? And then we could take it, you know, maybe nationwide. So then we started doing that in Kansas City, had success. And then it was like, okay, let's take this throughout the United States. And so when that happened, I kind of decided my wife was like, hey, you're traveling a lot with MoCan, coaching like these high school elite basketball and doing all this stuff. And you're traveling with basketball camps, you're training coach, you're developing curriculum. You're away a lot. And we just, you know, we just had, I think uh, one kid was like, I think Caden was maybe like, I think he was what, three at the time. And our newborn came, Grayson. She's like, you have to be home more. So I made a decision to step away from MoCan. We had systems in place. So I did that and I kind of went, full breakthrough basketball and again expanding so now we're of course in to Canada United States doing about almost 300 camps a year so doing that and I'm still coaching teams do stuff around in the area and I'm big into kind of player development and we're going to get into but more not just the basketball side but developing life skills to help people succeed in and out of a sport and we're getting into basketball so that's kind of a short kind of uh synopsis a little bit of that so not to bore people because you know we want to get into conversations how we can help people to really develop players uh, in the game of basketball yeah that's that's a great story I, I've, I've heard of breakthrough basketball I've, I've actually contributed some uh, some articles in the past to them to their blog um, I didn't know y'all had over three you said like 300 camps a year yeah mm-hmm. Man, that's that's pretty amazing when you start start locally and you're able to to uh, expand out to something like that. Um, so let's let's dive right into this. Uh, first question I want to ask you is, it, in your own opinion, what is skill development and how important is it to the game of basketball? Well, I always tell individuals skill kills in the game of basketball, right? And we are so much in a society that we want to play, 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 play games, right? I'll get in camps, I'll have kids, I'll be like, hey, how many of you play on one team? Raise your hand. Okay. How many play on two teams? Raise their hand. How many play on three? And they think it's cool. And I'm like, the problem is you're playing on these teams. Some of these practices aren't very good practices. Some of them are rolling the ball up and they're just going up and down the floor and they're not teaching you really how to play. Um, you might be playing on teams that are just run a bunch of zone and run a bunch of plays. And again, you're not learning how to play. And then you're going to play a lot of games. You know how it is. It might be 20 minute halves. You might play. 40-minute game, you play maybe 20 minutes, you maybe touch the ball eight times, shoot at three. You could be doing that hour and spend time doing a workout, getting 300 shots in. And I'll tell individuals all the time, it's like for every game you play, get two workouts in. The work, I mean, skill, if you are not skilled in the game of basketball, I get it. You can be a kid that's a good defender, rebounder. You can find a you know, spot for yourself. You can do that. But when we had MoCan, we'd have kids walk in the gym and they'd be like trying out. We'd have evaluators looking at all this stuff. And I had this one coach in particular, he came up and goes, I know who I know who the top 10 are. I'm like, it isn't hard to figure out the top 10. 
Now you got to figure out the second, the third team, whatever. It's like, it isn't hard to figure out who they're like, oh, this kid can shoot it. He can handle it. He can pass it, right? He can finish crafty at the rim. I mean, who doesn't want kids like that? They make any offensive coach runs, make it more effective. I don't care what you do. So skill is so important in the game of basketball. Yes. Uh, learning how to play. I think that's that's really, really important. I was telling some kids I was working with the other day, there's a difference between those that play and those that know how to play. And I told mm -hmm. them, I said, the situation that we're in, the, the thing that I'm trying to get y'all to, to do is know how to play. Big difference. I can give the basketball to anybody, tell them there's the basket, go play basketball. Um, but really understanding the game, your IQ, that whole nine, um, really, really is important. So when you're talking about learning how to play, what are some things you really like to emphasize? What are some things you really like to teach your players uh, in an individual setting and also like, and being able to take those individual skills and apply them into a, a team concept? Yeah, and let's, let's break this down to where I feel like too many, I see skill coaches a lot. That, I mean, you can go on YouTube, you can see videos and you can see people doing things and you can implement drills, right? And you can, I, I hear parents all the time going, oh man, my, uh, John went to this hour workout. He was so tired coming back. Oh, that's great. But what did he learn? I mean, here's the deal. What I'm saying is like, for example, okay, if I'm working on ball handling, okay. And we're working on change direction, crossover between the legs, behind the back, we're doing all stuff. Well, first of all, I'm going to, I'm going to communicate to a player. This is why you make a change direction move. This is why you do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. If somebody's maybe chest to chest with you, it'd be an indicator. I'm not going to run them over. I'm going to charge them. I'm going to make a change direction move. Or it could be I'm trying to change a defender's stance, right? And maybe I'm going slow to quick and I'm kind of baiting them and making them fall asleep going to it. So I'm going to talk to them about, okay, we're going to work on these change direction moves because of this is where it applies. And I'm going to go through the different moves. Now, when I go through a move, I'm going to talk to them about how to be, you know, how to be effective with that move. And maybe it's three key teaching points. Don't give them too much. They're going to lose it. So it's in three. So it might be like, okay, we're going to be, okay, crossover. We're going to be low. We're going to be quick and tight. Now, could you do a crossover above somebody's hands? Sure, you could do it. But in this situation, here's why we're working on this. Here's why we got to be low. We're going to be below our knees, below the hands. Here's why we're going to be quick because you got to have quick hands. Otherwise, slow, we're going to come in and take it. And you got to be tight your body. If you're loose with it out, you expose the ball. Good players, athletic players, elite players, quick hands are going to take it from you. Okay. Now we're going to go through this stuff. You're going to wrap it out. But then eventually, once you get done with all your change direction moves, you're going to be like, hey, listen, you have to have a go-to move. You, you show them all these moves. Well, that's great. But what's going to be their go-to move? Yeah. If somebody comes chest to chest, you, what are you going to do? Allen Iverson was a crossover. If somebody cut that out, it was a double cross. And they know that he knew it and they knew it. But he, they had to stop it and they couldn't. So we're going to be aggressive, attack mode, right? Because talking about there's, you know, you, you have your go-tos, you got counters in the game. So again, when I'm sitting there applying this stuff, I'm putting in situations where, okay, this is why we're doing it. This is how to do it. And this is like on the court where you would use it at, when you would use it at. So you're giving them that information so they can coach themselves. It's not just giving a, a skill or a drill just to go through it. Right. And then they don't understand, okay, how do I apply this? Um, explaining why is very, very important. We have to explain why so players can understand what they're doing uh, and the details. 
what you just gave was just very was is very detailed. Uh, when we're trying to teach a player how to do a certain skill or a certain technique, whether it's a crossover, a jump shot, passing, or whatever. Um, and then we got to let the players figure it out on their own, right? We want to give the players, I, I think I saw a, a post that was on, might have been on Twitter. And they were talking about how some coaches give way too much information to try to make it seem like they know more than what they really know. Uh, you got to just give them the information that they need at that particular moment and then also allow them to try to figure, figure some things out. Um, so what do you think of some skills that, that you feel like players really need to focus on? I know we have all of these different things going on right now. We got players learning different types of Euros and it's a floaters and, uh, you know, they'll come up with all these different names for these different finishes and different dribbles. Okay, moves. so let's, let's get into this. Let's, get in, let's, let's break down finishing. All right. So here's my my big belief in finishing and, and working with anybody. I feel like sometimes we start working on NBA type moves with kids that don't have the skill sets to do it. Right. They don't. Right. OK, that's going to come. But here's what we got to do. It's all the fundamentals. So let's go to finishing. Oh, basic finish. What do you do? Well, talk about a young kid planning the inside foot, driving the outside leg up knee. I'm going to get my chest facing the backboard, like camera my chest, get an angle at the glass and, and talk to him about how to make sure we're going to use the glass and why we use the glass. Like Coach K talks to his players all the time. He says, you do one of a couple of things with finishing. You bank it, you dunk it, or you go home. And the reason why he talks about banking it, and I tell kids, why do you bank it? Because it's a higher percentage that it's going to go in. Watch this. I hit different parts of the board. It still goes in. Our finger roll, I got to be perfect. Yeah. Why also, as you get older and you play really maybe athletic type individuals that like to play above the rim, I shoot it high off the glass like a teardrop that can't block it. So let's go into this. First, I'm going to work with kids and trying to be ambidextrous around the rim, mm -hmm. right? Using both hands, both feet. And I think coaches, sometimes there's old traditional coaches that are back in like 1970s and 19, and I think you got to, you got to think differently of how the game's evolved. Like, for example, I've been at a camp before. And I'd talk to people about going off your goofy foot, which is your outside foot, outside hand, or going using your inside hand to finish. And they're like, no, you don't do that. Well, well, then I talked to them about, okay, explain the whys. Okay, so if, let's go back to this. So I'm going to work with kids at the beginning. I'm going to work with them first. They, a lot of kids expose the basketball to the inside, right? Yep. And I call that, of course, bringing the ball to what we call public property. We're going to keep it on private property. property. We always think defender body ball right? Protecting the basketball. So we talk about ripping it to the ear, ripping it to the ear, right? So we're going to work on ripping the ear, not exposing it, finishing one foot. Then we're going to go, hey, two foot finishes. Why do we go two foot finishes? Well, do you ever think there's going to be, you're in doubt of contact, go off of two feet, yep. right? So we can finish through contact, you know, expose injuries. So we're going to work on that. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to work with them on like we talk about a goofy foot finish. What is that? I'm going off my outside foot, outside hand. Why do I, and then I'm going to talk about why do, why do you do this? Why would you do it? Oh, maybe you can't get your inside foot planted to go and you got to go off the outside. Maybe there's a defender that's coming over from the help side. And you're going to beat him there. Maybe it's a defender coming over to make a play on you or whatever, or maybe it's on your hip and you can go off quicker because they can't time you. Because most people are used to what? Timing your inside foot, the traditional layup. So we're going to work on that. We're going to work on, hey, inside hand. And now we're going to work on using your inside hand. Why do you use your inside hand? Well, it's your strong hand. If you can get your strong hand anytime you can get to it, let's use it because you shoot a higher percentage. 
if you're in a state championship game and you're down by one and there's four seconds to go and you got an uncontested layup and you're a right hand on the left side, why would you shoot with your left hand? Shoot with your right hand. We're going to win the game, right? So we talk about these type of things. And in your inside hand, you can go, of course, don't complicate it. Start out going to outside foot, inside hand, and say I'm on the uh, right, left side. It's like shooting a right-handed layup on the left side, right? right? And, and then you can be like, hey, now can you go off your inside foot, inside hand? Could you go off a of two feet? Bang, you could, right? So we'll go through this stuff and I'll layer it, right? We might get into reverse finishes then. Then we might get into veers and stretch layups, and do, but it will be a process. And mm -hmm. what I'll do is I'll, I'll explain them why we're using them and I'll talk to kids. I want you to get a grade at three finishes, three finishes, master it, master three. And the idea to think about it in game situation, you might have somebody trailing from behind you. What are you going to do? You might have somebody on your inside hip, right? What are you going to do to go finish on that? You might have, you might beat the primary defender. Help side comes over. What are you going to do against the help side defender? Right? So again, we layer this and then you put them in at doing one-on-one, -on -one, put them one-on-one -on -one situations where they're used. Now they're finishing against the defender. It could be very easy doing like, Hey, triple threat. Well, triple threat first second step i'm here i'm in a stance i beat him with my feet to create separation with the bounce all right here's the deal you're going to step low and long you're going to beat him shoulder to chest when you bounce it it's live if you don't step beat him with your feet you're not creating advantage we're talking about creating advantages right. blowing up the gate right we're going to work on it all kind of stuff you got hey we're going to work on somebody in your inside hip now going live bang and, and you got a defender so again we're going one on oh then we're going one on one and we'll put them in, in a small side of games. But again, I'm pro, I'm pro, uh, it's a process that yeah. we're going. It's, we're layering the skill. Yeah. You got to layer the skill. You got to understand how to layer the skill. Yeah, a lot of progression. Um, showing it to them, letting them go one on one, adding that defender. And then you say the small side of game. So, you know, you could put that defender on their hip. You can have a help side defender, uh, a teammate on the weak side, and now you got two on two, and that defender and the ball handler's got to make a decision on the finish, make a decision on on the pass. Yeah, uh, it, like you talk about, it could be okay. Yeah. Now you're getting into this. We got finishing. We worked on ball handling, right? And now we're going to get it to where two on two situation. We're going to give you the advantage. You create it. Defenders got to decide what they're going to do. Now, here's you thinking. We always tell kids, you catch the basketball, think one thing. Think shot, shot, shot. Think shot, think shot. Now, does that mean you're going to shoot the basketball from no. 22 feet and you're not a good shooter? No, but it means you're facing up. You're being aggressive. You're seeing the whole floor. You're putting pressure on the defense that have to guard you. Now, when they take the shot away, what are we thinking? Layup, layup, layup. One-sided mind. Now, if the defender comes up and takes it away, maybe it's the basket. They're taking that away. Maybe it's a pull-up jumper. Right, maybe they come hard and I got to go into a Euro prop, different things, avoid the charge. But we're also looking at if they come over and take it away, I might have to what the kick. Now we're going to penetrate and pitch. Now we're talking about how do we pass out? How do we not telegraph and turn open shoulders, making that one hand a flick pass on target on time? If you're the person that is sitting there and you're the um, opposite offensive player that's waiting for the pass, what are we doing? In a stance, hands. We're going to an open area. We're trying to force a, a long closeout. We're communicating one more, one more, ball, 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 right? Now you're putting this in. You worked on the one-on-one, -on one-on-one. Now it becomes a small side of game situation. And now we're combining skill sets in what they can relate to. Now they get in the game, they've been there before. Right. And it's all about trying to put them in the best situation or the best uh, position to, to mimic or replicate what they might see in the game. Now, we all know that it's, it's really difficult to replicate 
a game in practice because there's so many exterior factors that we can't, you know, the, the momentum of the game, bad calls, good calls, momentum and crowd and all that stuff. But we want players to see situations that they're going to see in the game. Um, so there's a lot of lot of details right there. So if you're a coach that's listening, uh, coaches gave you <laughs> a lot of a lot of jewels right there for you to, uh, to to take notes on when it comes to breaking down skill development, uh, how to teach it, how to layer it, and how to progress through it to where you can start with just an individual player progressing into a one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three, and then just so many different scenarios you can work on. Drive and kick, you got the player that made the pass, exiting out, and all this different stuff that you can do. Um, you can really get creative in that sense of what you want to, uh, to teach or emphasize um, when you're doing your drills. So you mentioned finishing. Uh, you mentioned uh, ball handling. Is there any other skills that you see or you feel like players really need to spend time on and, and breaking down and really, really trying to hone in on? Yeah, shooting, shooting. I'm telling you, man, if you can shoot the basketball, you can play. Yep. Who doesn't want shooters? I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I see kids all the time. They got broke jumpers, shots, whatever. And I, I'm a big believer. I guess I'm different from others in this sense. I get the idea you got to rep. You got to rep, 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 rep. You got to get shots, right? But I'm also a believer that there's certain mechanics you do in a shot that gives you a chance for success, mm -hmm. right? And I feel like if you do not have good mechanics and you're just, you're just shooting, 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 you might get a little better, better percentages. But think about if you can get proper mechanics and you rep those out and now right. like getting shot after shot. And I go back to this. It's like, we got to layer shooting. Mm -hmm. what's the first thing you do in shooting? Okay, I'm going to take an individual. Is If I was working with somebody, and I would challenge individuals on this, you're working with somebody individual on shooting. What am I going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to evaluate their shot. Yeah. I might film their shot. I'm going to break their shot down. I'm going to see what I need. Some kids don't need major fixes. Mm -hmm. Some kids are really minor. It's just an adjustment, right? We're going to make a little adjustment here to make it more effective. Some kids, uh, they need an overhaul, oh. right? Yep. So you got to sit down, you got to figure out where the kid's at, and then you got to talk to them about how you can help them. And you got to show them what you're going to do. But think about it. What are you going to do? You're going to start with kind of form shooting. And I'm going to have, you know, somebody close to him, just like, you know, finish, you know, we're going release the finish, bang, release the finish, offhand, got it, freezing it, that type of stuff. Again, we call it like a tuck set to go. I'm like form shooting getting a line, a line, great shooters or what? They don't miss left, right. They're straight line shooters. How do I get alignment, right? And we're going through all, so I'm repping that out. And then once they get good on that, and then I might work on step-ins, you know, quick release. Yeah. Some might be a one-two step. Some might be a, a hot person, whatever it is. I don't know. You got to know what your coach wants you to do. Like when we run camps around the country, I'm not a big believer in like, you got to do hop. You got to do one-two step. Now, I don't know what your high school coach or what your coach wants you to do. I'm not going to tell you, like, I have my own opinion, yeah, but I want you to do, yeah, you leave for me and you're not playing for me. You better do what your coach wants you to do and get great at it. So it might be step-ins. You get good at that. And what is it also, too, it's like when kids understand, we talk about quick release. It's about preparing yourself before the ball hits your hands. Yeah. Well, I say ball in the air, feet in there. So my idea is I want to be able to, when the ball hits my hands, my feet are set. I'm already in what I call my form shooting right in that position, I'm ready to flow, right? So we're working on quick feet and alignment. And then from there, I'm like, okay, we're going to work on ball pickups. 
We're going to work on boom, ball pickups. And you can get into one dribble, two dribble, weak hand, strong hand. You can start getting dribble change. Now you can what? You can layer the skill, interleave the skill, ball in and shooting. So we'll work on that. And then we might get into footwork, forward pivots, back pivots, all this type of stuff. So what I'm getting at is shooting's a key. Steph Curry, he recommends individuals what? Just, you know, kids like make 100 shots a day. Like he talks about, like if you look at what he teaches, he says, hey, there's five spots. There's what? Two corners, two mm -hmm. wings, top the key. And start underneath the basket or at the rim, I should say, take a big step back and form shooting. Make five. Take a big step back, make five. Take a big step back, make five. Take a big step back, make five. Four spots, 20. And that's close to three-point line. And then it depends the age range. But then you go into the next line. Make 100. Like if you made 100 shots a day, how much better could you be? You could be a lot better. And shooting, I don't care your size, your athleticism, whatever it is. If you can shoot it, look at Duncan Robinson at the Miami Heat. Yeah. I mean, that guy was a Division three recruit. Yeah. He was a Division three recruit coming out. He goes yeah. to Michigan, gets a full ride eventually out of Michigan. No one recruited him, not, not many schools. He's playing in the NBA starting for the Miami Heat. Yep. Why? Because the kid can flat out shoot the basketball. Shoot the ball. And Tyler Hero is doing the same thing. Oh, yes. but Tyler's, Tyler's different, though. But they, yeah. but they are. I mean, they, 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 <laughs> yeah. they, they, they yeah, the, the, the shooting is such a key. And I'll tell individuals, be a great shooter. Because now, if I can shoot the basketball, what do they got to do? They got to come out and guard and me. Come out, and, that, and, and now you come out and guard me close. Things. It opens everything up, yeah. right? Now you can get yeah. off the bounce. You can beat them. Yeah. Now you create. And basketball, it's about creating advantages. Yeah. I want to create advantages. I want to make it a five on four. I want to make it a four on three. I don't want to play five on five, mm -hmm. four on four. We got to create advantages yeah. and take it and, and and be able to, you know, take advantage of the advantages we create. Right. Man, that's, that's great. I, I just, I've really been trying to, to stress to these players about shooting. I've never met a coach ever in their right mind, never met a coach that said, you know what? I got too many shooters. I don't need another oh. shooter. <laughs> Nobody. You know, I've, and when I've you, never, when you talk, when you, and when you talk about this, like skill, I have kids, you know, parents come up and be like, like it'd be a fifth grader. Mm -hmm. Why did my son need to work on? Okay. He needs to be a really good ball handler. Yep. He needs to be able to finish, he or she, he or she needs to finish at the rim and be ambidextrous and be, and, and be, um, be able to finish. They need to be able to shoot it. Off the catch, off the bounce. They need to have, here's a key. They need to have great footwork. Mm -hmm. Most kids don't have great footwork. Nope. I don't even care if you get a high school kick off. Don't go as a coach thinking these people have good footwork because yeah. most of them haven't worked on their footwork. Think about it. What if all like it's all the great players, Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard, and well, who did they go see? Akeem Olajuwon, Akeem the Dream. Why? Because he had great footwork. footwork. Footwork is so key in the game of basketball. And you don't have to complicate it. It's yeah. like, well, you got three pivots. I got a, I got a forward pivot. I turn in. I got a back pivot. I open up. Understand the reasons why I got to drop stuff, right? I got those and understand how to use them. And then there counters to them. Yep. And I'm telling you, it, it's, it's like, it's like dance steps. Yeah. Right. You're dancing the game of basketball and feet are so key and how to manipulate your feet to use your feet, to be able to get the spots you want on the floor to create yeah. advantages. And, and I'm telling you, it's like footwork is so important. I see so many kids have bad footwork because they're not taught it. It's not emphasized. Yeah, uh, and, and to me, this may sound a little crazy. I feel like everything in basketball starts with your feet. So if you want to be a great defensive player, you got to have good footwork. If you want to be a great ball handler, 
you got to have good footwork, great passer. So I go back and forth between what's the most important skill. Is it shooting or is it footwork? And the reason why I say that, I know the object of the game, of course, is to put the ball in the basket. But if your footwork is terrible, you're not going to be as an effective shooter as you can be. You're not going to be. Okay, so so let's let's go to that, TJ. I agree with you. So let's check this out. If you don't have great feet, right? And say, for example, pivoting. I always tell people we don't have false steps. And what I mean by that is you'll see people back pivot and they might under pivot and they got to step again. Yep. They might over pivot and they got to step in. It's a false step. We're, we're trying to save half seconds in the game of basketball mm -hmm. to get us uncontested shots instead of contested shots. Saving half seconds could help you with about seven feet of space in the game of basketball. Yeah. So I'm always about kids. We're saving half seconds. We're saving half seconds. So on your, on your footwork, I always tell kids in shooting, you want your feet to be the same every time. So you got the same shot every time. Mm -hmm. If you got your feet being different, you're not aligned, right? You got one foot in front of the other, you're all balanced, whatever. It's going to affect your shot. Yep. So we got to have the same feet. Now here's the problem is think about this in the game of basketball, doing form shooting is one thing. And that's one thing to develop it. But then the game of basketball, you're moving as mm -hmm. you play. Yep. And a lot of times we talk about you have negative energy going away from the basket. Yeah. Right. So we got to get, we call it like negative energy. So you're moving away from the basket. Mm -hmm. So now we got to get turned and we got to get back to the basket. Of course. Yep. Positive energy going back to the basket and being aligned and being on balance. And that's hard to do. And so, like, let's go back to this too, shooting. And I'll challenge individual skill development. Like, I, I know some people are big. They're like, ah, oh, don't do any block practice skill development. Yeah. And some people might understand, like, a block block reps are, I take an individual, I take them in, so you're going to form shooting, or maybe it's they're going to shoot 10-foot jumpers from the elbow, left elbow. I'm going to pass it, catch, shoot, pass, catch, shoot, pass, catch. So you're going to shoot 10 of those, right? That's a block. It's the same yep. shot. Same spot, yep. all the time. Mm -hmm. Block block practice is good. It is in the early stages. Yeah, for mastering yeah. certain fundamentals and getting a feel. You don't want to stay there. So what you got to do is you got to eventually make it more random. Mm -hmm. What is random? Random's game like. Yeah. So you might be doing a drill and your shot. Say say I'm going to catch it from the top of the key. Catch shoot. I might catch shoot the first one. The second one might be a one dribble pull up. Mm -hmm. The second one, the third one might be a dribble change into a finish at the basket, right? It might be, next one might be I'm dribbling attack and a step back jump or whatever. I, whatever it is, you're random. And it could be as you get into footwork, it could be I'm throwing out, I'm forward pivoting. The first one I'm doing, my right foot's my pivot foot, left foot's my swing foot turning in. Mm -hmm. The next one I'm coming out, my left foot's going to be my pivot foot, right's going to be my swing, and I might throw it from a different part on the floor. So we're changing up what? The spot changing our footwork we're changing the type of shot we get so we make it random now we get to interleaving skills that we talked about now when you get to the point to getting really good at it interleave it mixed ball handling yeah. mixed footwork miss finish mixed finishing so it could be like somebody throwing the ball out to themselves for pivot what i do i worked on pivoting right okay now if i shot if shot the bass i work on shooting but now now my Worked on my footwork, stepping through a direct step, put on the floor attack, worked on my footwork more, worked on dribbling. Might go on a pull-up, worked on shooting, maybe attack, work on finishing. Now we're interleaving these skills together. Yeah. So, so again, you get more productive in the time you're in there, and you can work on more stuff as well. Yeah, there's always been this big discussion. I, I, I hear with coaches all the time about that's not game-like, and 
you know, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That doesn't translate. And I think they've misunderstood when coaches uh, have said that block training is not game, like, which is not, but there's a time and place for everything. I think it comes down to what your, what your goal is for that particular drill. If I have a player come to me and say, coach, I've really been struggling with handling the ball versus pressure. And then my solution to that is stationary two ball dribbling. Then I'm not, I'm not using that in its right context. I feel like in order for this particular player to get better at handling the ball versus pressure, I need to add some pressure. I need to add another defender or maybe even two defenders to where they can really work on handling that ball and give them the tips and the information that they need um, but there's nothing wrong with block shooting. There's nothing wrong with stationary one ball dribbling. There's nothing wrong with stationary two ball dribbling if you're using it for its right purpose. So I well, here, here's what you go back to. Every kid's different. Yes. Let's say I'm working with a third grader that they handle the basketball that well. Yeah. They yeah. need, they might need more block practice. Yeah. Right. Say it's a kid that's uh, working with the shooting and the, the kid can really shoot the basketball. We're not probably going to do a ton. We're going to do maybe a little bit of form just to groove a shot, get him loosened up. We're not going to spend a lot of time there. Yep. Right. Some kids got a broke shot that needs to really Learn how tweak to it and it. change it. We're probably yep. going to do a little more block practice with it. Yep. So it's also identifying the individual that you're working with, know their strengths or weaknesses and what you need to do to help them out and almost, almost personalizing some stuff for them as well. And I also think the person, like you said, the personality of the player is because is it is important. I've had players that I could do block training with and they can take that and apply it to a game. I mean, like just on their own, they could, they could apply it. Then I would have players that I could do block training with and it wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to apply it to the game. So I've had to learn to understand my players, their personality, um, those players that love to play basketball all the time. I might could spend a little more time doing block training with them if that's what I feel like is needed because I know that they're going to go out in the backyard at the rec center and they're going to try everything that we've worked on. But mm -hmm. then I have those players that if I do uh, block training, they're not going to do that because they're not going to play other than when it's a, a formal practice setting or if it's during the actual game. So we got to kind of know our personality of our players and understand that everybody's different, just like you said. And everybody needs have to be met uh, differently. But here, here, going back to that, I challenge individuals to, okay, so I say, say I'm, um, I have you, TJ, and you're a player for me, right? I'm going to sit down with you. I'm going to find out what your goals are in basketball. Yeah. Everybody's goals are different. Mm -hmm. Some kid might be, it might be a seventh grade, and the kid says, I just want to play junior high basketball. Okay. Yeah. Kid might say, I want to play, I want to be uh, a high school starter, right? When I'm a junior in high school. Another kid might say, I want to be an all-stater. Another kid might say, I want to play Duke University. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, uh, no, I want to play in the NBA. Okay? So, like a Trey Young having a goal of wanting to play in the NBA, mm -hmm. his goal is a little bit different. Some kids just like, I just want to play high school basketball and just be a contributor on my high school team. Right. Okay? So, now you got to also know, again, their desires. And as you, as you talk to them about individual skill work, and then you got to show them, okay, for you to get to that level, this is the type of work you're going to have to do. Okay, here, maybe you only do this twice a week, whatever it is. So I think you got to understand, like, once you understand the desires and goals of an individual, and you can connect with them on that, and now you can talk about how you're going to help them get that, 
and here's what they need to do. Here's an action plan. I think that's a connection you have with players. And now they're more motivated to go do it because they kind of see it. You paint that vision for them. And again, you know what it is really they really want to get accomplished with this. So I know Trey Young, since you mentioned him, I want to ask you a question, not by him particularly, but just uh, that elite level type player. So on one hand, you got the elite level type player that you know that is special and can play at a very high level. And they tell you their goal is to play, you know, in, in the NBA. And then you have another kid that is saying, coach, I just want to play, you know, varsity high school basketball. Now, I know how I feel about this, but I want to get your opinion on this. Do you teach or coach those players differently based on their goal? Or as a coach, do you give them the same, the same energy, the same expectations? How do you do those players differently? Knowing one is elite, one is, you know, let's just say average and their, and their goals or what they're wanting to accomplish on two different spectrums. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge, like when I get individuals, I'm going to challenge them to give me great, great attitude and great effort. And I don't care what it is. I don't care if your goals do be, uh, you know, uh, play junior high and that's it, because this is going to lead into whatever you do in life. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm not going to, and I I'm going to demand of anyone there that every rep matters. Everything we do matters yep. and how you do anything is how you do everything. So this is going to relate not only here, but outside here. Now, will I be um, more for me would be more is like, would be more challenging within the stuff I give to an individual. It'd be the work that they're working on skill work. If I, if I think a Trey Young is at a level to work NBA, like I would work with them. I would layer up to higher levels. Yeah. We might be in some change direction shifts and doing different things. And this kid that's, uh, you know, uh, wanting to play like, junior high or a little bit of high school, yeah. I might not be layering up to that level, right, right with him right. or her. But I think that you got, you got to make it, as any coach, you got to come with passion. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to get these kids motivated to want to be in the gym and that they're going to see that through you. Um, and also this is like challenge all the coaches. I, I'm a big believer. I see this a lot that the most talented players coaches don't demand from. And right. they, they think they're going to lose them. Yep. It's like, no, it's like the yep. San Antonio Spurs are so great for a long period of time because Greg Popovich was when Tim Duncan wanted it. He was harder on Tim Duncan than anyone else. Yeah. He was harder on Ginobili. He was harder on Tony Parker. And, and that's what you get to me. What you got to do is you got the, I, I'm going to talk to the best players. What I'm, I'm going to be tough on you. I might be more challenging on you than I am on the 10th individual at times. Because I want them to understand, if I'm, I'm going to be, I, if I'm challenging you, they know I'm going to be challenging them as well. I see too many individuals getting upset at the ninth, 10th player on a team, and they go off on them. And then the top player, they're not saying anything to, and they're doing the same stuff. They're yeah. doing it more, and they're letting them get away with that and developing bad habits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually, I've been working with a young lady that's in eighth grade. She's really come along this past couple of years and she's kind of going through that now with her, with her eighth grade coach. And I told her, I said, you know, don't, it's a new coach. She never played for her before. Um, coach hadn't been coaching very long. I said, but you got to give her a chance. You know, she's going to coach you hard. Uh, everybody knows your potential. So you got to be able to take some of these things and you got to be able to adjust to that, to what that coach is demanding of you. So uh, yeah, but a coach, you, you gotta you gotta coach those players to the best of your ability, 
um, to get the most. Back, back to what you're saying too, like this eighth grader, what I would also do is I tell kids to talk to me. I'm like, talk to your coach. Yeah. You know, if you have, if you have problems or issues with certain things, but do it in a certain way. Yeah. You don't go in and like, coach, I don't like this about you. I don't like this about right. you. You do this, right. you do that. Or you come and say, like I tell kids all the time, I come and say, I'm not playing my playing time. What? No. Yeah. You go in and with the reproach like, hey, coach, appreciate everything you do. I want to visit with you about a couple of things first and how I can help this team more in different areas and practicing games. What do you think you get better at? But like individuals like that, as a like, coach, hey, I just want to talk to you. Like, this is, I appreciate what you're doing, but I feel this way about how you're coaching me. Like, I, I get down or I get this or in a way maybe you can approach this way. Like, you're having a conversation with them, not putting them on the fence. But you know, it is coaches like to have conversations with kids that, that are asking them to help them, but they're working together. So yeah. I tell young kids, I'll get parents all the time. Oh, my seventh grade, you can't talk to a coach. When, when are they going to be able to talk to the coach? Right. When are they going to be able to talk to their boss when they get older? Yep. It starts now. Like have them talk and communicate to them and develop that strength. So this is a great segue into the last thing I want to, I want to talk to you about is coach and player relationships. Um, I just feel this is this is huge, right? In order to get a player to buy in, in order for a player to trust the coach, there has to be some type of relationship. Um, what is your what are your thoughts on player-coach relationships, and what are some things that you've done to try to make sure that you have a good, respectable relationship with your players that you've coached? Well, I mean, think about it. Is uh... And any individual wants to feel like they're loved mm -hmm. and they're cared for. They want to feel like they're appreciated, right? Oh, yeah. And I think as an individual coach, it's like Billy Graham talked about it one time, and I always tell this, is like he said, a coach will impact more individuals in one year than the majority of people will in a lifetime. Mm. Yeah. So you have a huge influence yeah. and they're looking towards you. So, and I will tell you this, I, I think it's like, are you communicating with your players and just not even just basketball related? Are you talking right. to them outside of basketball? Yeah, that's How's important. their life going? Their family, what's going on today? How are they feeling? How can you help them? Right? So too many of us just talk about basketball. It's more than that. So when you talk about out things outside of there and get to know who they really are, and I would, I would challenge individuals. Like we used to do this, like with break or with MoCan, we used to have like questionnaires and we'd have like, you know, players fill it out, you know, of course, like their parents' names and their siblings and their ages and you go school that, their hobbies, what they like, to, all this type of stuff, like get to know them. Mm -hmm. And then I would think, like I said, also, what are their goals? What are their aspirations? Yeah. How can you help them get there? Now, I will also challenge individuals too, is like, and I've, I've grown in this area because I used to be like, you get so demanding that you don't love on them. It's kind of that sandwich effect, right? We're going to give them a positive. Then we're going to give them maybe some constructive criticism, but then we're going to give them a positive then sandwich it together. So making sure we're giving them the positives is going to be a key, I think, in creating a relationship. And also I would challenge individuals is like, encourage your players to make mistakes. Yeah. Right? Create a relationship. Like I tell my players, and I learned this, like, I love this Charlie Miller you had on. I, I love when he says this, and it made me think. He says, we don't chase mistakes. We replace it. We replace it with our next best rep. 
Mm. I love that because too many people, we chase it, but also coaches, we act crazy about it. And we get so angry and frustrated and our body language is bad. Well, yeah. what, what causes them to do negative energy? They get negative and that compounds. So I, I just like, I think it's like a way that you have to encourage them, love on them after practice, after games, think about Steve Nash. Can we be like a Steve Nash as a coach? Steve Nash is known to one of the best leaders in, you know, NBA. And I, the head coach of the course in New Jersey Nets. But you look at him, he made probably more people big contracts than anyone did. <laughs> Some of these individuals weren't great, great players, but they got big paydays. Yep. But if you they, they had one time where they took the intern and they looked at Steve Nash and they said, I want you to, I want you to uh, mark down all the positive touches he has in the game. So it was high five. And, 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 and before the game, warm-ups, timeouts, yeah. halftime, after the game, whatever. It's like high fives, pat on the back, lifting people up. And it was like 218, something like that. It was in the 200s, like 218, 225, like positive touches. And they talked about when people get positive touches, what it is. It creates people to be more connected, feel like we're together, Right. You lift people up around you. Who doesn't like to have a, hey, hey, man, TJ, sorry, give me a high five, baby. You got this. Come on, man. You're good. Lifts you up. Are we lifting the spirits of the people around us? Are we sitting there tearing them down? Mm. Are we building them up? The more you build them up, the more they're going to what? Feel better about you and want to be around you. So I just would, would encourage individuals to really communicate and create that relationship and think about if you were back, I always go back to this. If you're a coach and you're back, Say now you're not a coach and you're back to, you know, 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. How would you want the coach to, to communicate and coach you? And can you be more like that? Yeah. Because that's what you would really want. Yeah. Yeah. We, we sometimes forget that, that uh, we used to play. And, and one thing that I realized is a lot of times is a lot of coaches, they coach the way that they were coached. Oh, yes. They yes. I used to do that. I used to yeah. do that when I started. I did. They used to interact. They interact with players the way coaches used to interact with them. And they think that that's the only way to do it. There's a individual that I know every time they would do like a skill session, they're fussing at the kids for making mistakes. That don't make no sense. And you dribbling off your foot. How are you going to be able to dribble the basketball yeah. if you can't handle it and dribbling off your foot? And it just, it wasn't, it wasn't working. And one of the kids I was working with at that time would go there because their AU team would practice and this individual would come in and was just really just messing up, messing with their head. But we got to understand how to coach and how to build some relationships with these, with these players. Every player is different. I like to pay attention to how the kid interacts with their parents. That tells me a lot about how their parents talk to them how their parents uh, discipline them. Um, and then that kind of lets me know how I can interact with them when I'm giving them their instruction during our, our session. So if I know if a kid comes in and mom or dad babies them a lot, I got to be careful what I say to them, not because I need to baby them, but I just know that it's going to take some time for me to be able to really talk to them and do things a certain way. But then if I have a kid come in and parents are really on them all the time, every time they make a mistake, I know I got to be sure to tell them all the time or constantly it's okay to make mistakes. So every kid I interact with is different. And you just have to- Here's the other thing about that, TJ. We have to watch 
how we act yes. because people model us. Yep. They model you. So again, are you sitting there yelling and screaming? And I'll tell coaches, please don't cuss at your kids. Yep. Don't cuss at them. I'm telling you, I, I see, I see even at private schools I go to like private religious schools, they got coaches cussing at kids, yelling and screaming. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. It's like, can you please talk to them without cussing? And have I cussed before in my life? Yes. Have I cussed before? Yes. But I've worked on, like you said, evolving. Like every year I evaluate myself. Yep. How can I become better? How do you get better? What are things I'm not doing that I can be more better at what I'm doing to make a more impact? And the other thing I would say to this is I hear a lot of coaches a lot of times doing like, oh, this generation is so different. You can't connect <laughs> with them. You can't. Okay. So you keep yeah. saying that. That's what you're going to get. Yeah. So, so I, how, why don't you look at, okay, we're all different. We evolve through, through time. How can we look at, like, okay, how, what's the best ways to connect with these kids today to make an impact? And then find out the strategies. Yeah. There's a formula for everything. Find that out and use it and connect with these kids, kids and quit making excuses like they're not like they used to be. They are. It's yeah. different from the 1960s than it is today. All right. Let's move 90s. past that and find better ways. Right. Like yeah. Steve Jobs talked about all the time. He says, there's got to be a better way when he's developing, you know, going to Apple. He always said, there's got, what's the better way? There has to be a better way. So as a coach, what is the better way? There has to be a better way. What is it? Find it and then implement it and help your kids get to where the levels they desire to truly get to. Coach, man, I, I really, really appreciate all the knowledge that you have shared. Uh, man, you, you've given away some, some really good information. So anybody that's listening, you should have a, just a pages and pages of notes. Um, and, and, and I appreciate your time. Before you go, uh, do you have any other tips or advice you would like to just kind of share with anybody that's listening? Yeah, I would this. Did Charlie talk to you about the little book of talents? He did mention it. He did. Okay. I would challenge individuals to buy that book. Daniel Coyle, buy the book. And he actually got introduced when Charlie played at Indiana. Of course, Mike Davis was an assistant and he, he was kind of struggling with some of his stuff. And then Mike Davis recommended it. Uh, him to read it and I've mentored Charlie with breakthrough and stuff we've done and, and he's like Jim I, I want you to read this book and he told me about it. I was like oh yeah I'll read it and it's got 52 tips and Daniel Cole what he did is he went around the world and he researched the hotbeds and these hotbeds have like lack of resources right that doesn't have a high population and this area is like oh they produce these all these soccer players oh this area produces these hockey players this area produces tennis players or musicians or whatever it is. So he went and he studied all these areas mm -hmm. and he found out what are the things that they do that are consistent. And these are people that become the best of the best. And he comes up with 52 tips and it's an easy read. And I would challenge individuals to do that because what we did is Charlie and I, like, I don't know how many times we get done with camps coach. And we have people come up to us and be like, this was awesome. This two, three days, what you did, what do we do? What do we do from here? And yeah. Charlie and I started talking about it. It's like, well, they don't know what to do. Let's give them what to do. So what we did is in the little book of talents, it talks about eight weeks is a, eight weeks is a sweet spot of doing workouts, a certain workouts and then evaluating yourself and moving from there. And then there's all this. So we took these 52 tips and we put it into a program that we call complete basketball player. And, um, and developing off of these 52 tips for these eight weeks. So I would challenge anyone 
to read that book as a coach and even a player, like as a parent, get it because it's really good stuff and it's an easy read and it's got a ton of nuggets in there. Yeah, he mentioned that, and uh, I, I I said I was gonna check that out. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna purchase that book and read. We it. get done, you know. I'm telling you, you need to purchase it. It is a really really good book. Yeah. So, uh, why don't you tell everybody again about your eight week program that you got with Charlie, and how they can uh, uh, get more information on it? Yeah, I mean, you go. You can find me to like Coach uh, Huber, so C O A C H H U B E R dot com. And on that, it's got information. You can go to like your know, product areas and stuff, but it has like our complete basketball player. But it's an eight-week online program that you can do throughout the year at any time. And what it does is it kind of we we go through what you talk about, we layer the skills. So going through, we're gonna work on all the skills of ball handling, finishing. Um, we're working on you know, footwork, working on shooting, we're random, interleaving. We're layering this information, um, the skills, and then we get into, we break down video clips. So we break down the best of the best doing what we're teaching because in a little book of talents, it talks about the younger people would stare at the experts, would stare at the top people of the game, and they would see themselves being that person on the court. So we're big into film, breaking it down. We explain, we go through and explain the breakdown of every clip to understand why we have it there and how they need to implement in their game but then also we have it to where they can just watch it and flow throughout the day like three to four minutes to just see themselves see themselves doing it mm-hmm. and then we get in a ton of uh we schedule it out we you know because i feel scheduling stuff out is so key with individuals you don't schedule it you're not going to do it so we do that type of stuff and then in it, we do a lot of life skills training um a ton of it developing some people call it the soft skills but developing the soft skills these essential skills life skills to help you understand how your mind works and we spend so much like 95 to 98% of our training on the physical side. We mm-hmm. spend about three to 5% on the mind, but the mind controls the body. Right. And if inter- people understand how the mind works, you do mind training to take your game to that level. So again, it, it's there. We have that up there and uh, people can find it there. And then, like I said, there's breakthrough basketball camp information and things like that that we do throughout the country that people can find as well. Um, and one other thing that we had uh, that I put together is, for coaches and people, we do a thing called 40athletes.com. Um, you can find it there. And it's basically developing essential life skills uh, through sports. And it's like 24-week program. It really helps people be able to succeed in our sports. Because I go back to this, TJ. I feel like we are spending so much time and money in sports, mm-hmm. working on hard skills. And 70% of kids quit playing a sport by the time they're 13. Wow. And only what less than six percent of kids go from a senior in high school playing college, and only three percent about NCAA. So kids are going to quit playing sports at one time. What are they doing to learn essential skills to succeed? Whatever they decide to do in life, yep, it's so important. Yep. So that's kind of some basic information they can find stuff. They have any questions, they can reach out. We can answer them for them. Yeah, so how can they get in contact with you? Do they need to just go to your go to your website? Yeah, they can go to the website, then go to like coachuber.com. There's it can, you know, uh, also my email address is jim at coachuber.com. So it's an easy way that they can, you know, communicate and reach out to me and stuff like that. And we got social media links on those areas and things, but um, that's how they can kind of reach and connect with me. Well, that's it for today's show. I appreciate everyone that tuned in. I hope you found it valuable and informative. If you like today's show, please share on social media and tag me. I can be found on Twitter 
and Instagram. My handle is at NBNBball. Also, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and please give me a five-star rating. Also, be sure to check out my book, The Skill Development Playbook. This book will help you understand how to get organized and know what real skill development is. It can be found on my website by visiting tjonesfirm.com forward slash SDP hyphen book. Paperback is $9.99. The PDF version is $3.95. And also going to be found on Amazon. Just search Skill Development Playbook and it should pop up. It's $9.99 for the paperback or $3.99 for the Kindle version. Now, if you need to contact me for anything skill development related, I can be reached by email at info at tjonesfirm.com. That's info at tjonesfirm.com. Again, I appreciate you for tuning in. Until next time, thank you. God bless.